Hey, thanks for joining us. You're listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. Today, we're in the New Testament in the book of John. If you're in a place to grab your Bible and follow along with us, we invite you to do so. And if you'd like more information on Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, you can visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. Now, let's join Pastor Jim for today's study. Let's turn to John's Gospel, chapter 10. What a great place to be this morning. John's Gospel, chapter 10. Boy, what a great healing that took place of giving the blind man who was born blind and then received sight, uh, just similar to us being uh, born uh, blind as far as spiritually speaking, and God gives us the ability to see him for who he is. And now we kind of transition as we see Jesus now as the shepherd. Man, you know, the shepherd and the concept of the shepherd, we have to visit on this thought just for a few moments this morning to kind of think about what it means to be a shepherd, what Jesus was speaking of. To us, you know, this is not super common ground for us, but for them, this is just, they lived in an agricultural world, agricultural society. This is just business as usual. What he's talking about with them is something that is just commonplace. They just saw it and would understand this is day in, day out, something that was, has been going on. Very biblical concept. You know, we go back to Job, who had tons of livestock. And, you know, this is the oldest book that we have recorded. And it goes all the way back. We look at Genesis in the book of beginnings, and we see Abraham and all the livestock that he had. And so this concept of being a shepherd was something that they would understand. You know, a shepherd lived a simple life. A shepherd did not live some big, fanciful thing. It was a very simple life. They had simple clothing, you know, just a simple robe-type garb that they would wear. It was not nothing fancy. Uh, they had a couple of different things that they carried with them than some of the regular people. They were very easily, uh, I don't know, you know, obviously if you're hanging around a bunch of sheep, there may be a little bit of, you know, odor that went with you, I suppose. So maybe that preceded them a little bit so that they were recognizable. But they were recognizable by a lot of the attire that they had and some of the things that they carried with them. They had a little satchel that they kind of wore that had a little little, like a little, um, not a knapsacky type thing, but just a little, little bag like they had. It was real, very simple, and they just kept dried fruit, dried meat, that kind of stuff right in the side. They just carried that around with them so they'd have something to munch on, you know, nuts, you know, that type of stuff to munch on while they were out wandering around taking care of the sheep. Oftentimes, a shepherd was either the owner of the sheep, the shepherd was either the owner of the sheep, or the shepherd was someone who was the son of. This was often the case. And from time to time, they would need to hire out. But it was very seldom. Most of the time, this was something that was directly connected with family. And so there was a very deep interest in these little critters that they cared for. Now, sheep are not known for being the brightest creature on the face of the earth. 
interesting that God would liken his people into this same concept. But there's these tendencies that sheep have. They have a tendency to kind of just meander and wander off. They have a tendency to kind of act like goats sometimes. And they start butting heads. This is all fact. And they're a little bit obstinate, a little stubborn. You know, and so you start looking into the sheep and you start saying, gosh, there's a tremendous likeness similarity between humanity and sheep. I guess God knew exactly what he was saying when he said, we are the sheep of his hand, that we are like that. Interesting. So they carried this little satchel with them that just had a few things uh, to eat, to munch on. Also carried a rod, and the rod was something that he would use either to wart off an enemy that was trying to attack the sheep. So he'd use that as a defense to protect the sheep. Or at times, when one continually wandered off, continued, it was habitual. It just couldn't keep that little rascal, just kept wandering off. And so he'd grab that, bam, snap a leg. It's interesting. It's very interesting to me what a shepherd did that way. As a shepherd would snap the leg of a one that just kept getting out, getting out, getting out, getting out, and getting away because he cared for it. He loved that little sheep, and he'd snap its leg, and then he would bind it up, and then he would put that sheep on his shoulder, and he would carry it around with him until it would heal up. Very interesting that that intimacy that then would be developed. You see, sometimes we go through these things where the Lord takes us to this breaking point, as it were, where we go to that spot where the Lord kind of just lets and allows something happen and then even brings about something that seemingly causes us pain, that we feel broken by, But then we realize we experience tremendous intimacy as the Lord puts us on his shoulders and carries us about. And so that which would seem so destructive seemingly, God uses to bring great comfort and encouragement. And through that intimacy, through that time of breaking and the time of healing and the intimacy that would take place, that sheep would no longer wander off anymore. Tremendous things that would happen we can learn from the sheep. We talked about also this other uh, aspect that they would sometimes have this tendency to butt heads, kind of act like goats sometimes. And there's also a lot of bugs and stuff that would bug them and gnats and different things, things that would get around their heads and stuff. And it was a big source of irritation. The shepherd also carried about him this little strap and and a little horn of oil. And he would anoint the sheep's head with oil to keep the bugs from bugging them, (laughs) those things that are irritating. You know, isn't isn't that like our shepherd, Jesus, who just pours out that the spirit upon our lives to kind of 
get rid of, you know, when the Lord's doing that in your life, when we let the Lord just put that oil on our heads, all of a sudden those things that are irritating us so bad kind of seem to dissipate. And the other thing that happens is, you know, when you've got oil on your heads, you, you kind of it eliminate oil. You put it in your car, right? Eliminates, lightens up friction. Exactly. So now when they're buttoning it, you know, they're just kind of, it's just the loss of the fight. <laughs> you know, there's just not much to it. You slide off of one another. So there's a lot of good that we can see and similarity that we see. They also had this cool little poncho, kind of a leather poncho that they would wear that also created somewhat of a little pup tent that they would sleep in while they were out caring for their flock, out in the wilderness caring for the flock. So they had these areas that they would pen them up out in the open field, and they would create these pens using briars and you know, stuff. They'd create this little hedge about around, and there was one opening. The similar to the same that was a walled area inside of a city or a town. They would have a walled area. Now, the thing that was interesting is all of the sheep would be put in this walled area or in this area from where they're out. There could be several different families that then would bring their sheep into this one area. And then there was one guy I don't know whether they really necessarily cast lots or they just took rotation or whatever, but there was one guy that's like the porter, the one guy that's the, that just for that night, or, and they may have rotated, that would be the one that was a shepherd, that was the one that watched out over the flocks that were inside this fold, this area, this sheep pen area. Now, interestingly enough then, the, the shepherd would come and this guy that was the, the shepherd, the porter, that was there in the opening, there's only one opening, and the only way it was kind of interesting, they would sleep in the opening. It was just wide enough for them to kind of curl up and sleep. A sheep would have to walk on top of them to get out. The shepherd knew if anything was coming in or anything was going out, the shepherd knew because there's only one way in and one way out. And so he was able to watch for them. Now, the, the other shepherds, the miscellaneous shepherds that had their sheep in the sheep pen, then these, uh, these shepherds would come. Now, all the sheep were all mixed up. They have this little, each one of them, unique vocal tone. They would almost a, 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 a singing voice that they would kind of a chant or a call to them that they would sing out. And they, as they would sing that out, those sheep knew their shepherd's voice. And they would go, and they would be drawn to, and they would go out. And that's how the porter, the one in the opening, would know that it was this guy's sheep. He knew the guy, the shepherd, that would come. And then he would know that they would sing, and they would go out and follow after. Very interesting. So Jesus is using this, this idea, this concept that I just des uh, described to you. There's also one other element. Not only did he have a rod in his hand, not only did he have a, a sling, not only did he have a horn. And you remember the sling was kind of interesting. The sling was you could put it, a rock in, bam, and knock down giants that are trying to steal your sheep and stuff like that. No, that, but... David was familiar because he had to, you know, get bear and different animals, the predators that were trying to attack the sheep. 
And so they would put a rock, he put a rock in the sling and practiced. And, you know, I mean, you're, you're defending the sheep and you're, you're wanting to watch out and care for. And so not only that, but they got real good at flinging this because sometimes that sheep that would wander, not the one that wandered habitually all the time, but just kind of was getting out a little ways away, they'd fling a rock and plop it right in front of them. Boop. Kind of startle the sheep and he'd get back, back with the group. I've had a lot of rocks plopped in front of me but, um, by the chief shepherd. Uh, and they kind of get, whoa, whoa, better get back in line here, you know. Interesting. I was, while traveling this, uh, actually I noticed it Friday while traveling. Got on the plane, and there's several servicemen on, on this flight with us, uniforms, uh, Fatigues, not dress uniforms, just fatigues. Now, I don't recognize anything on them, really, to be honest with you, especially on fatigues. I, I don't see, it's all camo gear stuff, and I, I don't notice all the markings of who's who or anything. But there was one guy that was sitting right in front of us, and the other guy sitting in front of him, he, he turns Everything he said, sir, yes, sir, you know, well, where are you going? You know, I'm going back to Kabul. You know, he says, and sir, and then the other guy says, oh, okay. You know, and he said, sir, uh, I was with you on the flight earlier. And they have this whole dialogue. I just was sitting behind them so I, I could hear all this going on around, amongst them. That was a superior. Now, I didn't recognize it. I'm not in the armed forces. But man, I looked later, you know, I saw all those markings on his thing later. I saw them kind of blend in a little bit, so I didn't notice them in advance. The point I'm making is there's recognition for the ones that God had, you know, put in front in that sense for them in the service. The same is true, and it's really interesting, you know, to watch them recognize just as the, the sheep recognize the voice. They, you know, there's a complete understanding of how this all works and the interaction that they have, because they're all part of the same thing. They're all part of the same armed force. They're part of the same. They understand it. And it's kind of interesting how the body of Christ can work this way. The rock's thrown out, plopped in front, brings them back into this fold. The same thing then, they have a staff. And the staff, they kind of have a crook in it. And the staff was the same kind of thing. It could reach out, get them over here, or kind of pull them along or poke at them a little bit and get them moving. And, you know, just... It, it, the rod and the staff, David said, they comfort me. There's protection. There's going to be guidance. There's going to be time to move and a time to hold back. All of that is part of the rod and the staff that's there to protect and care for. Interesting, as Jesus describes this, we ever going to get into a Bible study today, you think? Maybe. John chapter 10, verse 1, most assuredly, Jesus said, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And then when he brings them out, his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet 
they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which he spoke to them. They didn't quite, they got the illustration, the general gist of what he's talking, but they didn't know, how does that tie to you? How does that tie to me? How did that really tie to them at that point? That wasn't perfectly clear at that moment. But what Jesus described to them was similar to what we had been talking about. Now remember, Jesus just finished healing this blind man at the end of, uh, in, in chapter 9. And at the end of it, you remember the conclusion was, this blind guy is rejected. Stay with this thought. The blind guy's rejected by the religious leaders. Now all of a sudden, Jesus is talking about this sheepfold and the shepherd. This doorkeeper and the shepherd. Now what's the correlation? This one guy, this blind guy's been healed by Jesus. Now he's rejected because of his testimony of Jesus. He, Jesus receives his worship. He acknowledges Jesus as Lord. And Now Jesus starts talking about this whole thing about sheepfolds and things. He who does not enter by the sheepfold by the door comes into the the, where the sheep are by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. He says there's only one entrance. A robber would they would maybe in if it was a walled area, let's say, they'd try and climb over the wall. Now they didn't usually operate alone. They usually had an accomplice with them. Somebody helped shove them up over the wall. And then they would throw the sheep over, try and grab them and throw them over. And the other guy's catching them on the other side. This is a thief and a robber. It is interesting how the enemy is described in these ways. We get into it a little bit further in just a moment as he came to rob, kill, and destroy. The enemy did. But the enemy operates in very unique ways. The enemy doesn't come straight through the door. The enemy does something behind the scene, in the backdrop. The enemy operates in in the shadows, in the backdrops of things. It's not just up front. It's not forthright. Jesus said there's one entrance in. One entrance out. And the shepherd is the one that's to use that entrance in and out to lead the sheep in and out. He who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. It's clear. It's plain. To him, the doorkeeper opens. He he allows the sheep to come and go. Sheep hear his voice and he calls. Notice how the chief shepherd And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. That shepherd that leads. Jesus leads us. He is our good shepherd and leads us. He's not there driving us. He's not pushing and shoving us. He's leading us. What a great concept to embrace He's there leading, and the sheep are following. And when he brings out his own sheep, the sheep hear his voice. They know him. The shepherd knows them. Jesus knows you intimately. Jesus knows me intimately. He knows who we are. He knows what we're all about. He knows what we need. 
He knows when we need that oil on our head because we're getting too feisty and starting to get friction going there. He knows when that, that we need the oil on our head because there's too much stuff that's starting to bug us. He knows what you need. He knows what I need. He cares for us. He sometimes will throw that stone and plop it right in front of us and get us back to that place where we need to be with the rest of the flock. As he leads, he brings out his own sheep. He goes before them. Jesus has gone before us. You know, it's interesting to me that the shepherd became a sheep. Jesus is the Lamb of God, sacrificed. The shepherd became a sheep. You know, it's an interesting concept of identification, isn't it? That he would identify with us in such a wonderful way, such a perfect way, as the shepherd becomes a sheep. The sacrificial lamb giving his life for us and showing us his love and care for us. And the sheep, what do they do? They follow. The sheep follow. They know his voice. They trust. And again, they're not being pushed, shoved, or driven. They're just simply following. They know his voice. There's trust. That, that shepherd that understands the sheep that what, this, what they have gone through, what has happened, man, that's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Again, as we prayed this morning out of Hebrews, we have a high priest who's acquainted with our griefs and sufferings. He's experienced those things that we experience. He's gone before us, and we can trust him. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. You know, this thing that happens with the enemy, as the enemy can stir sometimes, usually brings confusion. Confusion enters in, and we know confusion is not of the Lord. The Bible is very clear on that. The enemy comes in and will bring confusion, and it has a tendency also then to scatter. They will flee, and there's a scattering that takes place. This is the importance whenever we talk about keeping our eyes on the Lord, keeping our eyes fixed on the Lord. There are many things that can distract us in our journey in following Jesus. And it's so important for you, for me, that we keep our eyes on the Lord. Hi, this is Pastor Jim. Thanks for listening to the message today. You know, I was thinking about Jesus being that good shepherd. And he said, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. You know, we just kind of think of that as a door that on hinges that opens and shuts. But really, at that time period, the shepherd was the door himself. He would lay across the opening. And the sheep would have to kind of cross over him and get through him to get in and out of the sheepfold. And he said, all who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life 
and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. You know, Jesus was never just a hireling for you or for me. Jesus loves you with a perfect love. He gave his life for you on the cross. He wants to give you life abundant, as spoken of in the scripture here. He is the access into everlasting life. Maybe you've been distant from the Lord. You tuned in and you've, you've gone to church before. You've opened your life at one point, but now you're just living out in the world and, and away from God, and you're feeling the, the hurt and the shame and the conviction of the sin. Well, Jesus wants to forgive you again in a fresh new way. He wants you to get started on that journey again. And, and maybe you're hearing this simple gospel message for the first time, and you want to give your life to Jesus. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. God loves you, and God wants to give you a chance. Just pray this simple prayer with me. Jesus, I want to ask that you would forgive me of all my sin. I want to invite you into my heart to be my personal Lord and Savior. I want to thank you for the free gift of everlasting life that you've given me now. And I thank you, Lord, for all your goodness, all your grace. And I just ask, Lord, that you would flood my heart with your Holy Spirit now, that my life might bring you honor and glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed and received the Lord into your heart today, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us or another Bible teaching church in your area so you can be encouraged in your new journey. If you'd like more information about Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, simply visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. If you're in the Kansas City area and you'd like to join us for worship, the service times and directions can be found at calvarychapelkc.com. It's been great spending time with you today in God's Word, and we look forward to you joining us next time on Living Fountains. Jesus,